We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, folks, before we get going, we got to talk about Emprise Bank. You can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. Shout out Emprise Bank and shout out to the Kansas basketball Jayhawks boys. If you, I, I know it's early. I know it's a November basketball game. But, man, does it feel good to, one, win in the Champions Classic, and, two, beat Duke. And, A.B., we kind of talked about this a little bit in the episode earlier in the week. I didn't know if Duke was going to be hateable again with Shire at the helm. And I, I didn't hate <clears throat> Shire, but, boy, Filipowski was oh, hateable. Brother. Oh, mean, my God. So, so we got to talk about that. We'll get to that. But fun game, fun game. I mean – we saw what we – it took a while, but we we saw what we wanted to see out of Grady Dick late in that game. He takes over. Jalen lived up to what we've hoped to see. Dewan was Dewan. Like, I don't know, B-Turn, you didn't talk much hoops this week because you weren't on the episode, obviously. But what were your expectations for this game? And have they – and I guess for the season for this team, and, and did you see something last night that maybe has you feeling better or the same? Or, or where do you stand with this team right now? Yeah, I uh, I felt good about the matchup. I thought Duke would have a tough time scoring, and they did early. I think Schulman said it about five times in the first half how it felt weird that Duke was in it, or it was that tight, and KU should have been up way more, which I totally agreed. I thought we could have been up close to double digits at half. I worried about all their height and their length, but I thought, obviously, I thought we could be really good defensively, and they had a lot of young talent but would struggle to score. We always see ugly games in the Champions Classic. Yeah. And just speaking of ugly, a lot of college teams start the year off like that, just sluggish. So I obviously thought we would struggle to score to start the year, but I think we've looked a lot better than I even imagined. And I had high hopes on this team. I think we have two elite scorers and we have two elite defenders. So I think that's a good combination. And this team's as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, I think that was a big takeaway to me is like, yeah, we're not – it's going to be different. It's not going to be – you know, we don't have that – point guard that's going to go score a bunch of points but man Dewan Harris is so good and like I think I we're him. past it but 
any Dewan Harris slander should just get you permanently banned from Twitter. Like, I won't have it this year. The dude doesn't make mistakes late in the game. I saw Norm say it, Shire say it. He's just so poised. He's exactly what you want late in the game, handling the ball in a pressure situation. He's played in the biggest games ever. Um, but so, yeah, B turn, you kind of said how Shulman kept bringing up that it felt like we should be up more. And while in the first half, I agreed, AB. I don't, did it kind of drive you crazy that he kept saying that the whole game? He kept being like, I didn't wow, hear it. Feels second. Like we shot three, like we were three and 19 from three. We weren't exactly good either. And he kept acting like we should have been blowing them out, but I didn't feel like we played that good. So to me, it was like, I'm happy we got that win. I felt like we gritted it out. Oh, and I'm a Dan Shulman guy. I love him, but I was almost in the second half getting sick of it. I was like, dude, we're not playing good either. Let's quit acting like we're just letting Duke hang around because we're I mean, playing. I don't know. It's we just... were we were two of eighteen before Grady hit from three before Grady yeah. hit that big time three with two minutes to go. It was weird. They, they played good for like the first ten minutes of the game, and then and they just, just let the narrative ride on that that's the only style of basketball that was being played all night long. Uh, I didn't really notice it a whole lot either, but I wasn't looking for it, I guess. Yeah. First um, half, he said it a ton, which I didn't yeah. feel like that in the first half because what was our biggest yeah. lead in the first half? I think we got it. Eight what, or nine, uh, right? Yeah. And they just yeah. slowly crept back in. I think Filipowski kept finishing around the rim, which I think the funniest part of the game was when he made the layup down low and he got so pumped, like was flexing, yeah. got all red-faced, and then he sees the offensive foul. And he was just driving me crazy and really bothering me. So that yeah. just – that got a laugh that's, out of me. That's when I knew – like, that's the moment I knew. Me and AB talked about this on the pod. Like, how will we feel about Duke this year? That's the moment I knew Duke is still always going to be Duke. It's something about the way they celebrate. It's something about the way they complain about refs. They just do it in such a corny, unlikable way that the second I saw Philip Powski react like that, I was like, all right, game on. I'm going to hate these guys for the next 30 years. Here we go. Nothing has changed, but. So we were uh, up, we were, I just looked, we were up 17-6 at one point in the first half, which the first seven or eight minutes was really slow from Duke. They couldn't buy a bucket. So yeah, we were up 11 with like 12 minutes to go. And then Duke definitely picked it up, uh, picked up the intensity defensively. And we had a tough time scoring, which. We're gonna see that a lot this year. I have a yeah, feeling. I that mean, Jalen's me a lot, a lot, a lot. We, I think, me and AB said it two weeks ago. Um, I don't think you were on, Rye, but I said I think Jalen's gonna get what ten or fifteen a night. But there's gonna be nights like last night where he can't make jumpers, which is it was outrageous that he still got had twenty five last night. I mean, he goes zero yeah. for seven from three, but so good around the rim, and that's what me and AB talked about the ten or fifteen a night is he's gonna get so many offensive boards and second chance points. Cause he's so active on the offensive boards and he's obviously, I think so, he's going to be solid from the line, but there's going to be nights where we, we just aren't making jumpers at all. What did we think of, you know, I don't know. Obviously Jalen had a great night, 25, 11 and five. And I thought it was interesting because it, I guess in my mentions a little bit, it was almost like people were annoyed and I get it. It's frustrating to see a guy miss seven threes, but like it felt like people were a little annoyed that he was shot hunting and maybe he did at times. But to me, I was like, dude, nobody else is like when we have those laws where Grady Dick's out of the game and honestly, Duke did a really good job just taking Grady yeah. Dick out of the offense. So to me, it was like, nobody else was really doing anything. You're not, Dewan's not going to go get you a bunch of buckets. McCuller, 
I mean, he was good. He wasn't, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to go create a bucket. So to me, it's like, we're going to have to see that a lot. I think where Jalen's just the guy that just takes the ball, puts his head down, tries to get to the bucket. And it's going to be frustrating at times, but I do think, unfortunately, with the way our offense is set up, that that's going to be normal. That Jalen takes a lot of shots. Yeah. And I think, so KU was two for eight, <clears throat> two for 18 from three at one point. I'm pretty sure McCuller hit both of those. Yeah, right. He did. Cause yeah, he early two. too. His first two yeah. shots were threes. He hit two in the first half. So yeah, we were two of 18 from like no one, like you said, no one hit a jumper and it didn't feel to me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'd have to rewatch the game, but it didn't feel like Jalen was really forcing the threes. I think they were open looks and I think teams might sag off of him a little bit until he does um, yeah. consistently knock down jumpers. Cause like we've said, he hasn't been a consistent jump shooter throughout his career at KU last year. He, he was in the twenties from threes. So teams are going to make him hit threes um, and they'll probably sag off until he does start hitting them. But like you said, he was willing us like that game get, probably gets out of hand without him. Obviously Grady didn't do anything. Um, obviously we'll get into Grady. We can get into him right now, but he kind of went silent for a while. It worried me um, just cause he, yeah. he was silent for the whole second half. And then to about two thirty Mark, he just hits his stride seven points in like a two minute span hits a three. That was, that was huge. That three so was fun. so huge. Like, I even tweeted from the pod page where two of 18, like Grady's do and Grady's yeah. obviously they always talk about his quick trigger and nice release, but he hits that three and then he catches a backdoor lob from Dewan and then he finishes righty on the left side, which was Dude. a nasty finish. Yeah. And Jay will was freaking awesome all night, but I mean, Grady won us that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was such a special just Wait. sequence from Grady where, it was funny. I've got some friends that are they're KU fans. They live in Ohio, but they don't watch like the ESPN Plus games. Like, but they're tuned in for for Duke, obviously. And they were like, <laughs> I was telling them like, man, Grady Dick's awesome. And I remember probably like thirty seconds before his spurt, they were like, consider me underwhelmed by Grady Dick. Like they were just kind of like, what was all the hype for? And then like the text start coming in. They're like, oh, there it is. Like that's Grady. Some of the finishes he had yesterday, and I know he came in billed as a shooter, which he is. But, like, I've been blown away the way he can finish around the rim. Even he had that up and under, like, and one in the game before this where it was just, like, you can tell why scouts love him. And, like, Kevin O'Connor, the NBA ringer guy, like, he was posting video about how he just loves Grady Dick. And so, I don't know. I've been – and I, I know that he – it sucked that he got kind of taken out of the game. And, honestly, I don't know. Did he – he was kind of – Duke kind of went after him defensively, didn't they? I don't even know if they – it kind of just felt like he was standing around in the corner waiting for, like, kickouts the whole time. Maybe I just only saw a few parts of it and was only paying attention for a little bit. But, I mean, they always had a guy close to him, but it's I don't feel like they were doing anything special or switching. It just kind of felt like nothing yeah, was really well, running through him and he was hoping to be open for a kickout three. Yeah, and, yeah. Shulman and Shulman and Billis kind of talked about that defensively with Grady, how Grady's kind of coming along slowly defensively. And it felt like Duke was attacking him, getting guys, taking him to the hole, penetrating him. I think him. that's why he got – like Norm sat him for a while, right? Yeah. It's just because Duke came down, they'd switch on to him and just kind of let – that's what Proctor got going a little bit, Mitchell got going a little bit. So that, you know, kind of sucked, but – I, I love that Norm went back to him and that ultimately won us the game. But I don't know. To me, 
I feel like Grady might struggle defensively at times, but he also had a big deflection. He forced that turnover. Like, but to me, our defense around him is good enough to where they can make up for any mistakes he makes. Right. Like, I think we're going to be fine. Even if Grady does take a little bit of time to get going defensively. You got, um, I was just going to, I'm just looking at the box score and I know it's champions classic early in the year. Like we've heard bill after big wins, like say, this doesn't really matter guys. It's early. It's only November. I would have been pretty annoyed last night if we lost to Duke because they played, it felt like they played like absolute shit. I mean, they did play like shit. They're 35% from the floor, 14% from three. Like we went three of 18 from three or whatever it was three of 19. They were three of 21. They had eight assists the entire game. Like DeWan had, they just, it was really ugly offensively. It was basically Filipowski, if that's how you say it, getting offensive rebounds going up, finishing, which he was really solid, but, just Duke still annoys me, even if it is Shire, because Shire annoyed the hell out of me with at Duke and just the way he like moves his lips when he why, talks. And why was he? Why did he? Did yell? You why that? did he look so weird when he yelled? Like, yeah, did you notice was, that with his mouth? Yes. But he also kind of annoyed me in the second half when he was complaining about calls because it was seven zero at one point, and I don't we it, that game wouldn't have came down to the refs last night, but. It was 7-0 in the second half at one point, and he's arguing about fouls, which I'm going to go on a rant someday about char- the charge call. Dude. Dude, the first half, it's I was so bad. They got to just loud. take him out. What, like, yeah, it's so annoying to me that that is rewarded, really... rewarded as good defense. They stand there. It's so fucking stupid. You should I can't only stand be allowed it. to be called for a charge if you have the ball and you I push it. Like, it, that dude. charge, yes. I like when that's called. Lower the shoulder. Yeah. But the play – DeJuan and, was I mean, running. DeJuan does it. Yeah. Joe's, Joe's never, was probably a decent call. I don't know. I can't remember yeah, as well. I think Billis agreed with that one. But, yeah, like A.B. said, how do you reward defenders for, like, something that hasn't been a foul in the history of the sport? Like, 100 years, that was never a charge. It was just so funny that it was happening to Duke. And this has and been, what, three or four years they've done the charge thing? Where they changed the rules where if you literally fall down, it's a charge. And they were in our favor. So, like, I'm yeah. – I'm bitching about us getting the call. Like the yeah. charge call has gotten so annoying in college basketball to me. It takes like, all the rhythm just, out of the game. Like it's every time someone goes to the bucket, it's just you can't score. It's, it's you, way more fun to watch a guy go up and try and swat a shot and not yes. take a chart. Like I'm trying to see these guys know that, okay, the only chance of them not scoring here is me going up and trying to block it. Like now they just know I just got to somehow slide in here and fall. It's crazy. Do you guys Are you guys absolutely shocked when they call a block? Because I like – I never expect a block at all. I think it's going to be a charge at all times, no matter if a guy's running. Because like I, like we just said, Dewan was literally sliding like over to get to the guy. It's not like the guy the guy didn't lower his shoulder or use a form or anything like that. Like that's a clear block to me. And it's yeah. not even close. It just feels like those refs are taught to just basically call everything a charge. And like AB said, the guy – you can't reward bad defense. Like that's not – that's a foul on Dewan. Like that's he's a great defender. He's one of the best in the country. But that's you can't reward him on that play. But as a as a program that lived the last thirty years <laughs> of just taking annoying charges, it was pretty sweet <laughs> for like a split second. I was like, oh my gosh! Like, are we gonna see oh Duke no longer? And I know everyone says we get a favorable whistle too, but and then it, it switched Never. in the second half where it was like, nope, there. Like that was brutal when it was seven zero. And Jalen got a oh, twice, twice, twice. 
and no I foul. Thought... They hadn't called a foul in the half on us against them. Like, <laughs> and like you always uh, say, they like, usually oh. even it out. Like when it, you oh, always yeah, see always like a, a six to call. one or a, and there's two fouls in the same possession, you get it to like six fouls to four. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they it felt like I mean I didn't obviously see like an up close, but it felt like Jalen had to have gotten fouled on one of those. I just love I tweeted this and I just love picturing it like Coach K at halftime putting in a call to like the referees in their little area be like, Hey, um, no more of that. Let's let's get these boys, let's get this even out seven oh, ten minutes into the second half. Like it I don't know. I was proud of Coach K. He didn't make it about himself. There was nothing he wasn't there. Uh I don't think. That's why I didn't. So. I still hate Duke, but obviously I don't hate him as much because Coach K. At least I know he drove Ryan. I think Ryan lost sleep over Coach K.'s <laughs> last few years of his career, but he drove all of us crazy. So I didn't hate him as much. And I honestly kind of thought Shire was kind of cool. Like his halftime interview, his mouth thing really bothered me. And yeah. bitching about the refs when it was seven zero foul differential, but I didn't really hate Duke as much. I just would have been annoyed if we lost because they played like shit and we were up eleven I... at one point. So I thought we were better. That's interesting you say that because I felt like as I watched the game last night, even as we blew the lead and it felt, you know, the final five minutes where it, before Grady's stretch, it kind of felt like we were going to lose. But like the national championship has just mellowed me out. I was so relaxed, did not really <laughs> care that much if we lost. It was just kind of like, hey, what if Coach K was coaching? I don't know. Were you like that at all, AB, or were you no, ready to I'm break just... things like B-turn? <laughs> I'm laughing at the idea of KU at Texas in like February and Ryan screaming through his phone oh. at us because he's so pissed yeah, the, at the, a reach and foul over. with 11 minutes left in the first half. <laughs> and I, I can't wait for it. But um. yeah, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, honestly, I forgot I forgot what you even asked me because I was too busy thinking about that scenario in the future. I was if asking, like, were you like B-turn where he was going to be annoyed? And I would have been annoyed because we should have won just, the game. But 35%. Like, I just wasn't. I don't think I would have been that mad. I think I would have been over that loss pretty quick. Whereas in past years, like, I want to win the Champions Classic so bad. Yeah, kind of. But I, I don't think I was, like, as excited after the win either. Like, I've kind of just – November basketball is fun to watch, but it just – it doesn't mean anything. The and coming takes... off a season where you win a championship, it's like we six months ago we were jumping up and down in your basement celebrating a championship and a banner that's going to be up there forever. I can't get myself in the mode yet to celebrate a six-point win against Duke yeah. in November. So, like, like, it was fun. I'm glad we won, and I'm not, like, saying I'm not interested. It's just, like, I need a little bit of a come down from April to get back and into I, probably I mean, around I always make play. the joke where I, like, unrecline the chair, and now I'm yeah. gonna, I was never on. Unre- I was fully laid back, relaxed. I never mm-hmm. unreclined. I never sat up. It was just kind of a, a calm uh, watch for me, which was nice. Speaking, we'll see how long it lasts. Speaking of unreclining the chair, Bill Self during that yeah. stretch with the Dewan Harris, Ernest Uday, oh. Kevin McCuller dive on the floor. He's probably just sitting like he probably doesn't. He probably wasn't too worked out up about a November game. He's probably just sitting there first half. He sees his boy Dewan chase him down, and he's just leaning. Dewan, I can just see him screaming, Dewan. Oh, Juan, Juan. <laughs> And then, oh, yeah, Ernest. And then, <laughs> yeah. And that stretch was amazing. Obviously, we didn't end up scoring, but those two blocks were outstanding. Dewan's was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and pause, but Dewan is super long. Like, that's, I feel like that's not a block most point guards make. Like, he chased him down, bl- beat it off the glass. And then Uday obviously comes from out of nowhere. McCuller, McCuller gets on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that stretch was just amazing. And that bill was probably was. so pumped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to wrap that up with McCuller, oh, man, we are adults. Okay. My bad. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, I mean, it, I just – I think someone – I can't remember who tweeted it. They said, like – oh, I think it was Jif Hawk. He was like, Bill was probably yelling. So, like, Cindy was probably getting mad at Bill for how fired up he was on that play. Like, you know when, like, a, a girl gets mad at you because you're way too into a sporting event. That was definitely <laughs> Bill after that play. Like, look at the fellas guarding. They're guarding, Cindy. Like, you know he was just so turned up. I would bet. Well, Bill – I think Bill's kind of going through some – he had some surgery or whatever, so I don't know how. But it feels like one of those plays where he we definitely would have got like a little fist bump, or he definitely uh, stood wink, up. He would have winked at somebody or something where he's <laughs> done a cool Bill Self move. Especially with how much he hypes up Dewan. Like just yeah. see every time Dewan does something great, you know he just has a ton of pride in it. <laughs> Remember and... the Jamari play at Texas where Bill called it the best play in, in his like he was like that's the best play Kansas basketball scene since I've been here. It was just Jamari the running dunk. down the court and diving. No, the diving oh, play okay. where he like saved the ball. Yeah. Well, and yeah. then Dewan and uh, Stillwater last year, he went nuts about oh, that one. That's the best yeah. play of the season. <laughs> he loves Dewan, dude. But Dewan is awesome. Like to but know, you know that he we have stood a guy... up after that after that sequence. Oh, yeah. Like you know, yeah. he he was probably close to the TV, like I was with a minute left. Do we think Bill was like? 
I mean, what type of environment do you think he was watching in? Do you think he was drinking? Do you think he was like locked in, like he was watching film? How do we think Bill watches a a game that he can't coach? I got that's got to be whole like very hard for him. Am I imagining this? I thought I heard someone say he traveled with the team. Mm-hmm. And he, he was did. Actually, what did so, he do? He's like watch at a hotel bar or something, or like in the locker room? He, is he allowed he in honestly, there? Honestly, probably. Didn't they say he stayed at a different hotel or something? Yeah. Feels weird to go out Which there. Which is so and funny. Even... He was like talking to our team and doing all that. And he's like, oh, see you later. Heading to a different hotel. Like, why? Oh. This thing's also silly. All day all day today, I couldn't stop thinking about, I think it was your tweet a few weeks ago about how Bill just gets to start coaching in the Bahamas this year. Oh, his, his season starts by movie. coaching in Bahamas. Like, we're going to beat the shit movie. out of whoever we play Friday night. Norm's going to go 4-0 in his head coaching career at Kansas, and then Bill gets to take over again in the Bahamas. Dude. What if we lose If we lose to NC State in the first round of the Bahamas tournament? Are people going to be calling for Norm over Bill? <laughs> there will be somebody. There's a subset of Twitter that will be dead serious <laughs> with that take. But, um, well, I was just going to say, A.B., we, AB, we talked about this where I said, do you think we'll notice – the difference between Norm and Bill late in the game. And to me, like, I thought Norm, obviously it helped that Grady Dick hits a shot, and but the lob to Grady. And then I thought Norm was awesome late in that game. Like, to go back to Grady, one was huge. Um, and I don't know. We just actually – and maybe it's more on the players. Who knows? But to me, you really couldn't tell that that was a different guy coaching the team. Like, I felt like Norm – I don't remember ever being like, come on, Norm, what are we doing? Put this guy in. <laughs> Take on, this Norm. guy out. I don't know. Like, what you did you guys sense yeah. anything different with Norm? No, I thought he was great. Obviously, yeah, the <clears throat> the call's late. The lob to Grady was beautiful. I think, like you said, Duke really keyed on him. So I think that was gonna be there all night, just how tough they were guarding him. Um and the backdoor lob, that was huge. I was just thinking, like, obviously the older we've gotten, we don't we know how the season's going to play out. Like we're not going to go, we're not going to be super invested in a November game. It still feels like a game. Our fan base would have melted down a little bit if we lost, you know, like, oh, because we they're like, what would our fans have said if we did lose that game? Like, we're not going to be able to score all year. Jalen can't shoot. Grady disappeared. Yeah. Dewan still can't score, but then you win and, I also was thinking, yeah. like, there's a different feel when we play Duke or Kentucky in that classic. No disrespect to Izzo or Michigan State, but yeah, we can disrespect them. There's a different feel when playing Kentucky or Duke compared to playing Michigan State. Like, I remember last year at the Garden playing Michigan State, I was just like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just they're obviously like the less they're the outliers. Yeah, they should do like UCLA is... or something. That'd be cool. Sorry. Yeah, but... I, I felt I was going to bring see, that but... up. If we relegated Michigan State, who would we bring in? To me, like Gonzaga would be very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, Villanova would have been the perfect team, but now I don't know. So I don't it's know. tough because, like, you can't go UNC probably because they're in conference. They played twice, yeah. Maybe so, three times can't go, a year. Like, I mean, Baylor honestly would be kind of fun. Can't go them. Um, Gonzaga would really be perfect because you'd Gonzaga, KU, Kentucky, Duke are almost always top ten teams, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how much they lose, they're always top ten, and that's the only kind of lame part of Michigan State is there's a lot of times where they're the one team that's like not ranked or they're ranked mm-hmm. like twenty third or something. But I thought Michigan State had got absolutely pumped in this thing. And they are they're the same, 
as Kentucky. They have the same record as Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky stinks. Yeah, and I think, oh, man, you posted the Rep Rafters headlines off the message board, and those were elite, like one of the best things I've seen all week. And Cal's got to be getting questioned, dude. They would have missed the tournament, or they would have missed the tournament two years ago, right? They did. Or they did miss the tournament. Mm -hmm, Okay, they did miss the tournament, and then, yeah, they lost to a 15 last year. They missed the tournament multiple times. Cal, we saw. I saw him on a list ahead of Bill Self today and almost died of laughter because it makes no sense. One has more natties. Obviously, Cal beat him in a natty, but he had some freaks, the one and two overall picks. So I don't know what would make Calipari be ahead of Bill Self on any list. I mean, more conference titles, better record, more championships. It is crazy how bad Kentucky executes late in games. Like we just talked about how good, like how nice it is to have Dewan, And a lot of it is on players, but like Calipari has done something where he just, it's like he freezes and just doesn't, they just run horrible sets late in games or maybe they just don't even really run sets. Like they, I don't know. It's, it's so different because when KU is playing late in the game, everything we do is so structured and it's just like, run this set, do this. If that doesn't work, go here. And Kentucky just felt so unorganized, and it would drive me crazy. And I don't know who Kentucky like, – I don't think Calipari is ever getting fired, but who knows? That fan base is crazy enough. But I don't know who they would go get that's going to be consistently doing – I mean, yeah. Calipari still has them pretty consistently competing for Final Fours and National Championships. But it is kind of wild that if, if he doesn't – I mean – if he didn't He'll win his, still have his job, but if he doesn't make a final four this year with Shibway coming back, like, man, they're going to lose their minds. And can a big really carry a team to the final four? I mean, it's, it's probably freaking good though. Mm-mm. He's a monster. I mean, Timmy, obviously for Gonzaga maybe could, but I mean, the well, way the game's played nowadays, it feels like a big can't really carry a team deep. Maybe I'll be wrong on this, but I don't know. Just the way the game you got, I mean, basketball is obviously different. We always talk about guys that play recently would have been like top 10 picks back in the day. It's just yeah. the game's evolved. It's a lot different. I don't know. The two the two guys you mentioned in the tournament last year, they wanted to combine two games. Uh, so I think that backs up your stat too with Sheboy and Timmy. Because, uh, yeah, they just – it just it seems to always be the case. I don't know. It's all it's always been all about guard play. I think any it head is. coach will tell you that. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk. I want to talk about Dewan a little more, because that dude is so good, dude. Like <laughs> I don't care. And I've someone sent me a Jacques, Jacques Vaughn comparison last night, and at first I was like, "That's kind of crazy." And then you kind of look at Jacques' stats, and that's a dude. It's he obviously wasn't alive, or I was alive, but I wasn't able really to watch the games when I was three years old when Jacques Vaughn was at KU. But yeah. just going back and looking at his numbers, he wasn't really like an elite scorer or anything. So with I guess with the old heads listening, any old heads that listen to our podcast, like I'd love some feedback on Twitter about this, but is Jacques Vaughn a good comparison? Like that's a dude that averaged nine points a game in his career. And he played a lot as a freshman, like 25 minutes a game. He averaged um, 6.4 assists a game. DeWan's averaging 7.7 assists. I know we're three games in, but obviously we just played one of the tougher games on our schedule. He had 10 dimes. We have scores all around him with, Jay Will, Grady, Kevin McCuller. We got some a bunch of guys that can go up and get it. He can throw lobs too. He's averaging 7.7 assists. He has 23 assists and two turnovers right now. 
which yeah. is just stupid. I mean, I think Jock's obviously a, a probably a bit aggressive at this stage, but like he's I don't know. I don't know. It's I think Dewan's gonna be one of those guys where it's like you won't realize, and that's what I'm trying to avoid, you won't realize how good he is until he's gone. Like until we have another guy running point and realize that it's just those little things Dewan does where he controls a game and you hardly even notice. It's like the national title game where Bill was like, Dewan, you're gonna change this entire game by just preventing them from I don't know, like Dewan probably not quite there offensively with Jock, obviously, but defensively, Dewan I think outside of Marcus Garrett, is Dewan getting up there as like the second best defender of the self air guard? I guess I don't know. It's hard to compare like Dewan versus like a Jeff with that. Need, if if we ever get Bill on the pod, we need to, him to give us his list. Like maybe not even an order, but like just his top guys because I don't even know who he'd consider. Because obviously you got the shot blockers with like yeah. Withy Cole. I mean, with he was the best. Yeah, Doke, Embiid for a little bit. And then Travis Relaford, he always hyped him up. Morningstar. I mean, it's crazy how you can just almost with 100% certainty say Marcus is the best. Like, he was that good. Didn't Russell and and Chalmers, like, set steals records or something, too? I was going to say something else about DeLon, but we can wait. So, like... Well, obviously, we know his defense is good, and you kind of said his offense is shaky, but he kind of seems like he figured out that little extended little layup thing where he's, yeah, Yeah. he's using himself as like blocking out the defender essentially. And he, I feel like he makes it every single time. And which is huge if he can do that like a little more consistently than he has in the past, just because we talked about earlier. If Grady's kind of taken away, it's Jalen versus five, and you know who's going to shoot it every time, just getting a second, third threat. Um, yeah. But I think his offense is going to improve a lot over the next I, two years. That I he's thought here. the the sh- little shot you're talking about. I felt like he had a huge bucket last night. It was like it. I think Duke maybe went up four or something, and it, it felt like kind of the first time that Duke was potentially going to close us out, and Dewan just came right down, penetrated, and did that little shot, and all of a sudden we were right, we were fine. Like that's what you want out of a point guard. He doesn't have to go <clears throat> tons of points. But can he get timely buckets that just calms everyone down and says, all right, we're fine. Or, I mean, he's going to make the right pass. But, yeah, if he can add a little bit of offense, I just, man, That's if, he why this, shoot, yeah. if he could shoot, he would be – he'd be the best point guard in the country if he could shoot. Like and that's why that's why the slander always felt weird last year because you didn't need him to shoot. And it's not like Dewan ever took bad shots. You know, it's not like Dewan's going to be out there forcing. Like, yeah, maybe he'll miss some bunnies around the rim, but the threes he would take are wide open jumpers, which he did hit in the tournament. He hit a yeah. he hit some big threes mm-hmm. against Villanova in the semifinal game. Yeah. And you didn't need like that's why the criticism was always weird is what I was getting at is because we've always had guys around him. Last year you have two first rounders. You have a big that should have been the most outstanding player at the national championship. This year I think you have I don't know when Jalen will go in the in the draft. I'm assuming he'll get drafted if he's going to be doing this all year. He's averaging 22 and 10 right now, which is stupid and Grady obviously is going to be a first rounder, but he has scores around him and that's kind of what I was getting to with Jacques is those late 90s teams, everyone always hypes them up. Obviously, you have Paul Pierce, you have Pollard, you have Rafe, Rafe LaFrance. You have a bunch of scores around him. Jacques, I didn't get to – I already said this eight times. I didn't get to watch them play, but Jacques didn't need to score. Like, Jacques yeah. just facilitated. 
I don't. I, I'm. I'm not going to act like I have a scouting report on Jacques Vaughn, but yeah, he didn't need to score. So that's kind of maybe that comparison's not bad. I think Russell Robinson would probably be a more fair comparison for Dewan. Um, but like Jacques, he's approaching. Like, why can't yeah, Dewan think- average eight and six this year, eight and seven, and be the this one of the is- best defenders in the country? And this is not a slight on Russell Robinson, but I, I think Dewan is getting past him like I think Dewan and Russ again was different role Dewan just has to have the ball so much compared to Russ had Mario and Sharon that could take a lot of the uh, ball handling out of his hands but as much as Dewan has to do for this team one to just kind of control tempo run the offense and then also be just the leader defensively like I don't know he's Russell Robinson was a stud, but I think DeWan almost – he's almost started to pass him in my eyes, but we'll see. Got to put together a full season where he's kind of one of the main guys. Yeah. Um, I do – we got to talk about somebody, and I'm going to let got, AB – You want to take a break we, really quick first? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's take a quick break, and, and we're going to talk about somebody that I know AB's excited to talk about. All right, so let's talk uh, – <laughs> AB, he's, mm-hmm. he's been slapping his chest. He's been pumping himself up because he predicted KJ Adams would start at the five for this team. I even as recently as Tuesday night or last week before the Duke game, Sunday, whenever we recorded that pod, I have no idea. I said, it's got to be Ernest. Ernest needs to be our five. Ernest needs to step up against Duke. And boy, did things not go that way. Ernest, clearly young guy. It, it didn't work out. He didn't play well. He, he kind of seemed a little, you know, just a tough game for him to start with. Like that, those Duke guys were good. But KJ Adams, man, what a game. AB, are you going to talk me into KJ just being our five all year? Like, is that a thing? Is this possible? I don't know. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's kind of working so far. They haven't lost. They've been playing well. He just brings a different level of energy, and even though he's not the biggest guy or the tallest guy, he, like, makes up. I know that sounds so corny. He makes up for lack of size with, like, heart and, like, And just athleticism. Effort. He can yeah. get up and block a shot because he can right. jump as high as, yeah. And he's, it's... he's like a big man to want. Like, he's not worried about scoring. He's not really worried about numbers. He's just trying to be in the right place, do the right thing, and help someone else out. And I just love I him. Whether he starts or he's the first guy off the bench, I absolutely love KJ Adams. He's definitely getting the point where like you can't not play him. Like yeah. Bill, he's getting to that like I I could see this going, you know how some I felt like everyone loved Jamari trailer, but I also felt like times people were like, Why is Jamari starting over this guy? Why is Jamari playing over this guy? And I think that and it's because Jamari just he wasn't flashy but he just did those things bill self loves and that to me is how kj is going to be where he's just going to do the things that this team needs and he's going to be it's going to be really hard to take him off the court and so we'll see if he can keep it up but him going four for four from the field last night having arguably the i mean one of the bigger buckets of the night after a great pass from dewan the and one how many blocks did he have do you have that b turn i that to me was the part that got me a little excited about this being possible is because we had so many team blocks last night where it's like, man, that's where you felt like we would lack is a rim protector. Not all of our blocks were like at the rim necessarily. Uday had four in 13 minutes of action. 
oh well mm-hmm. that kind of counter counter ops my <laughs> but that's pretty awesome the I team just, had I the team know. had 13 by seven different guys i'd love yeah. to see the last time like a team had seven different players with a block shot it really when you have dewan kj and mcculler on the court at the same time the defense is nuts. Mm-hmm. that's why they might have to do that they might have to rock with that starting five at least for another month Ernest and Zuby, I think we all agree they're going to be really good. They're, I don't think they're ready yet. I think last night proved that. You can see the potential, and I would obviously love one of those guys to separate themselves and be the five. But like you said, you got those three defending, and then you got Jalen and Grady. Like that's what I was saying to start the show. You got a couple elite scores, and you got a couple elite defenders. So I don't see. I mean, this team, I think they're freaking. Set up beautiful. It's not even close to March, but I think this team's going to be. This team's. I like this team a lot, dude. I'm like giddy. I'm giddy about this team. And I think they could be really good by league play. Like right now, like I said earlier, obviously college basketball, it can be an ugly product when the years start. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Like the Champions Classic can be gross. Some of the in season tournaments can be gross, but. I think by the end of the year, this team's going to be really good, and I really like our bench a lot. Like, we haven't even talked about MJ Rice tonight because obviously he didn't play, but against North Dakota State, he was great. Bobby comes in and doesn't make mistakes at all. He defends, takes care of it. Uday and Zuby, who would have – I think Zuby almost played as many minutes as Ernest last night. Mm-hmm. And then Joe, which – I'm I so – Dude, I just Joe just loves Joe. getting shots up, man, and it's the best. His body's twisted all the way to the right. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know how it can possibly go in, but sometimes it does. And there's going to be some games where he has big scoring night, like a big 12 game where we need scoring on the road. I just, I just love that. He just chucks like he's, he's, I think he's at the point where he's like, whatever, I'm either going to miss these shots and not play, or I'm going to not take these shots and not play. And if I make them, I might play. So I'm just going to put them up, see what happens. And it's not working out, but I I love his confidence. I love Joe. He he still seems to have a super good attitude, but man, he just can't get the ball to go. Even that fast break layup, I was like, oh, oh like God. I just feel bad for him. But yeah, and Bobby's good. Um, I said, you said, yeah, go ahead. I said it like a week or two ago. Like no one in our starting five is gonna piss me off because they all play so hard. Like even Jalen on the boards. Grady's going to do – I mean, Grady's going to score from multiple levels around the rim, mid-range threes, and then KJ, McCuller, Dewan. Like, those I'm gonna three are going to play hard. I'm... McCuller takes some questionable mid-range yes. shots, but I was gonna say, it doesn't McCuller's bother me because he, he plays so hard. Like, but, like, he's going to defend – But, like, picking a guy for the fan base to turn against at It's the guy point, that's been here for three weeks. Is it gonna be McCuller? Who would think? they? Who would they? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, maybe KJ, <laughs> just because KJ might have some nights he gets bullied down low, even though he's just from a height standpoint. I mean, I don't know. There could be a big yeah. that takes over, and I don't know. KJ, hey, B boy. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I don't. I'm trying to think like from a standpoint of who, because our our fans will always 
like rotate to a guy on the bench that they want starting over someone like obviously Remy and Dewan last year. So I'm trying to think of someone that they would want to start over McCuller, which is tough because well, he Rock guards Chalk so blog, well. Rock Chalk blog, not to like throw them under the bus, but they did tweet that they wanted MJ Rice to start over McCuller after so, yeah, like that would be... seven minutes of MJ Rice playing, which was <laughs> an electric tweet. Which... I mean, people hated Marcus Garrett, and he was like we said a few minutes ago, the best defensive player in the Bill Self era. Like people, if yeah. McCullough continues to struggle on offense, I'm sure there would be a lot of people giving him shit. But he, I mean, I, he had some bad turnovers in that first half, but like the two threes he made from the corner were big. I felt like he well, kind of got us going. At the um, end of the day, we need him to be aggressive. Like we need a second yeah. guy to be aggressive and go get points because Jalen cannot do it by himself. So I know sometimes shots might look stupid and might look bad or could have got a better one, but like, just remember, and like, the 10-minute mark in the first half to the 10-minute mark of the second half last night and remember how bad we can look on offense. Yeah, and, and the thing about McCuller is think of all the guys we've had transfer in that didn't sit out a year. He's picking up way faster than mm -hmm. most of those guys, those guys do. So Yeah, that's why I feel like you could just plug him in the starting five and be good, and Bill's going to be obsessed with him the way he guards. And I mean, he's not an amazing shooter, and we knew that coming in, though. Like, he's never been a scorer. He was never a scorer at Tech. But, yeah, like A.B. said, great. I mean, and I was going to say, Grady's been phenomenal so far, and we know how good he is, but – and I could be wrong here, but he's not going to do it every night. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's going to be a night where Grady has six, eight points, kind of shies away, gets shut down defensively by some team, and we need someone to step up, hit a couple jumpers, and I think McCuller is going to be a guy that is at least aggressive. It might drive us crazy some nights, but – He's got that experience. He's played in big games at Tech, so I like Kevin yeah. McCuller. On that Grady Dick part, the game you just described was last night for the most part. Like he was kind of shut out for, for 35 minutes of it, and then yeah. the final three or four minutes he just took over. And I don't. I mean, obviously you can't expect yeah. that exact game plan every single time, but he still hit yeah. his over for his like Vegas total over. Still hit for him, and he was asleep for three fourths of the game. So like. Maybe that's just – and I don't want to take too much out of one game because it yeah. could just be an outlier. But if he just has the ability to go off like that, then I don't think the offensive lulls need to scare us overall because at some point we're just going to go on a run. And that's kind of what we were last year too. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about how we're worried about droughts this year. But last year's team, which was – seems about. way more talented or like offensively talented. But uh, they went on droughts too, but they just – their defense – I mean, I guess their defense was kind of suspect at times. Uh, man, it's crazy to think – remember all year we said our defense isn't good enough Ken Palm-wise to, to win a title, and then we ended up like – where did we end up defensively Ken Palm? Like, oh, boy. A.B. probably has it. Like A.B. Yeah. has it molded in his brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this, this team's defense will – keep us in games when we go on those droughts. I, I tweeted we have this scores. and I'm, I'm so excited for it. We're going to win a Big 12 road game 52-51, to 51, and it's going to be so disgusting. The Twitter's going to be melting down, and Bill Self's going to get in the press conference and be like, how about that ball game? I love that game. <laughs> like, he's going to be so fired up. Nobody loves a disgusting basketball game the more, more than Bill Self, and I think this team's going to give us some. It's going to be like a game where, like, Bobby Pettiford scores four points in the final three minutes to lead us to a win. Like, it's just going to be – something weird and this team just has that makeup and those are the teams bill self loves coaching and mcculler dewan kj i i can't 
Can yeah. you remember a time where we've had three defensive guys that just seem like they are meant to play for Bill Self? Like, I really can't think where we've had three guys in one lineup at a time. I guess, I mean, Relaford and Withy together was pretty good. Uh, I mean, Marcus just 08. And Doka was good, I guess. And Dot. Dot was kind of, yeah, yeah. I thought, as there a you go. defender. Yeah, so Doc, those Marcus. Are three guys. I just that seems I, pretty good defensively. I think this team has – I mean, they got a bunch of guys back from a championship. They got that championship DNA. They play so hard, and they, it feels like they're a bunch of dogs. I don't know if, I'm, if you guys agree, but it feels like the whole starting five is Dewan, Grady, Jay Will, Kevin McCuller, KJ, and then you got Uday, Bobby, Joe, MJ Rice. I think it's just a bunch of dudes that – play super hard want to win and they got that championship dna they got a couple starters back from a championship team kevin mcculler who was on some really good tech teams so i think sky's the limit for this team and i really like i really really think they're going to be good in a couple months like really freaking good yep agreed all right let's take a quick uh second break here and we will be back to talk either more basketball or football i haven't decided yet 45 minutes any uh anything else on Duke, or you just want to go on the football? I'm fine, just going to football. I don't really have a whole lot on that either, but yeah, me neither. But we don't have to go an hour if we don't need to. But <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, let's talk a little Kansas football. Uh, some fairly decent, I don't know, Jalen sending out cryptic. What would you call tweets, Instagram story? I don't know. Jalen seems to be potentially close to returning. Who knows? We got Texas coming to the booth this weekend. Uh, As we talked about the recap of the Texas Tech game, wasn't our best showing, one of the more frustrating games of the year. How are we feeling going into Texas? Can we we pull it off? Back-to-back wins over Texas. Where's your guys' confidence level? I don't know how I feel, really. I think Yours has gotten kind of exposed on the road a couple times. He's kind of struggled late in games. Um, Oklahoma State, obviously last week their offense was terrible. Their offensive line didn't look very good. We haven't stopped the run all year really except against Oklahoma State, which was against a freshman QB, and they just couldn't move the ball at all. Um, I've worried about Bijan for a couple weeks now. So we we got to be able to stop the run if they're running it effectively it's obviously going to open a ton up for viewers they got xavier worthy and a lot of weapons on offense so their offense scares me it can be super electric at times but i i feel like it can be a little sketchy at times too obviously they still have a chance that they still have a crack at the big 12 championship they're going to need k-state to lose one more they have the tiebreaker over them so it's still a pretty big game for them but i mean we it's senior day we got a good amount of seniors we've been really good at home we've only lost one game so it's a nine-point spread. I think we should expect them to at least hang. Um, it'd be freaking awesome to beat them again and go to Manhattan with a chance to, um, I guess, not spoil because they would clinch. I think they clinch this week if they win and we win. They do clinch oh. this weekend. But still, just beating Texas again, obviously a super good program. Um, I don't know how I feel. I feel like it could get some – I'll go back and forth. I think it could get ugly because I really think their offense could put up 40 or 50 if they had a good day. Um, And our defense can be suspect at times. We gave up 40 plus last week. We gave up a ton to Baylor. Um, Oklahoma had 700 plus yards. So I don't know. I hope it's a good game. It's going to be cold. Maybe Texas won't be ready to go, even though they probably have a lot of 
probably still pissed off, a little pissed off from last year, and the, obviously the Kansas beat Texas jokes. So, yeah. Uh, AB, where are you at? I I feel ripe for an upset, sir. I think uh, the Hawks are right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like there's a lot that goes into it, but like they're not like really in the Big Twelve race, are they? Like I know technically they are, but they need a lot to happen. Um, they need one loss just, by K State, and they K State has West Va and us. Yeah. So I don't know. Which I have a hypothetical so weird. about West that. Va, I can't figure that team out, but um. Braden, you said it's going to be freezing cold, very windy. Maybe a stack the box game just to stop the run and make them throw. I know that sounds crazy with viewers and how talented he is, but I feel good. It just feels like a game where they show out at the booth one more time this year after kind of a special season. And um, hopefully they're not looking ahead to K State at this point, but it's like, how do you look past a brand like Texas? That's that's crazy. Senior day, too. Yeah, so I, I feel like really good, especially if JD plays, which it kind of I'm sounds like to, he is. I'm ready to watch him play again, man. I know. Yeah. And I hope it's good, JD, because like, Braden, you've mentioned it in a handful of episodes. People haven't really talked about his last four quarters of football, like not being not being too great. I don't think that's like something to worry about long term, but I am curious to like, yeah, did he put maybe... that behind him and now he's back to what he was for September and the early part of October? Because say JD struggles, which we obviously don't want him to. I mean, maybe we maybe we needed to be less tough on Bean, and maybe he deserved more credit. Obviously, he made some he made some bad decisions. He might have costed us a few. I mean, I wouldn't say costed us a few games. Just a lot of some bad timely turnovers late in games and tight games. Texas Tech were down eight. Um, TCU he threw a pick in our own territory. So maybe Bean deserved more credit. I mean, I guess. I don't want to be this guy, but the two Big 12 teams JD beat were West Vaughn and Iowa State, who were bottom of the league. Bottom two. I mean, he beat Houston, not, and JD I'm, was amazing, I'm, and he took care of the ball. He made great decisions. He moved the chains. He won a couple road games. Like, I'm not trying to discredit him. I almost just think I've been so tough on Bean, and I feel bad because, <laughs> like we say, he's a backup quarterback. But he's yeah. made he's made a ton of plays too. Like and he got us bowling. I know Oklahoma State was playing a freshman quarterback, but he did get us to a bowl game. And I guarantee you two were a little we're definitely nervous going into that Oklahoma State game that that might be our last chance to actually go bowling. And he made it happen oh, yeah. and he was great against them. Yeah. Yeah. I I have my hopes up for J- I think JD's gonna come back and be really good. I almost I don't know. I don't know what happened in those four quarters where he struggled. He was just due. Like, we were playing – he was playing perfect football. Like, we knew he was going to have a stretch where he struggled. Four quarters in a row was a little rough. But, like, I don't know. He was playing at an insane level. We don't need him necessarily back to the insane level he was at, just somewhere in between. Um, He'll be really good. I keep thinking this week, and I hate that I do this, and it's just being a fan, but what would have happened if J.D. didn't fumble that ball at the one against TCU? Why do you – do this i <laughs> just think about it like scenarios wise like what if we had two extra wins because of that what if we were God, what if it would be tied sweet. with four minutes left <laughs> all right i'm not that is the this. only Let, game let's... that's the only game we've lost at home we've been so good at home this year it's been so much fun need the fans to be there on saturday i've heard the attendance is not looking good like it's maybe cold. In the, it's going to be cold, dude. Maybe in the 30s, which is weird because before the year, if I tell our whole fan base we're going to be six and four going to senior day, 
I would I would ask the fans if they would go to that game, and they'd say hell yes. So I don't know why they're not. I'm I'm worried about it, but um, we own Texas. People forget. Let's do let AB. You got the line in in total for us, real quick. I sure do, sweetie. Uh, Texas is minus nine, uh, and the total is sixty three and a half. I'll go first. I think we cover. I really do. Nine seems high to me. Um, mm. I think you got to take under in this weather, like just cold weather. I'm. I think I'm going under. Uh, but I think we cover. I don't know if we. I can't talk myself into winning. I just don't see it being a blowout. I think this team has too much pride. I mean, the the Texas Tech game was so frustrating, but like they still have yet to get like truly smoked by anyone have they yeah i mean te- oh yeah. oklahoma, Texas. oklahoma kind of was a little smoking but didn't we like we covered <laughs> we 10, 10 points yeah yeah but like we're down 21 most of the third quarter and yeah i guess that's uh, true. but either way i'll take hawks plus nine under 63 and a half whatever it is b turn a b who wants to go a b go I'll take the Hawks as well, sprinkle the money line, and take the over because we just know how KU games go for the most part. A lot of points. uh, Even if it is cold and windy, kind of feels like offensive line weather to just, like, be freezing cold and block their dick off for Bijan. And, I mean, we've seen it all year. The Texas Tech, Ryan, I think you said it on Sunday, they didn't run the ball worth shit all year long, and they play us, and it's like nine yards here, 12 yards here, 38 yards here. Everyone yeah. runs. And back. we've got a first-round running back prospect coming into Lawrence. Uh, yeah, it might get yeah. ugly. But, yeah, I'll take but KU the Yeah, well, that's because like, I, I can't explain why I like KU this weekend. Because everything, like, if you're looking at it on paper, screams take Texas by, like, 30. But I don't know. It just – Every game yeah. we've won this year, we've been underdogs outside of Oklahoma State and Tennessee shit. So, what do you got? I don't know. Turn? I think we, I also think we can hang and but probably not win. I think we could hang, but if I had to lean aside, I would take Texas. I just, I mean, they're still, they're still playing to go to the Big 12 championship. I mean, it's in Morgantown. K State is next week or uh, this weekend. So weird things happen in Morgantown. They still got to play us. I'm not saying we're going to go into Manhattan and win, but we got a chance. Texas still playing for a Big Twelve championship. Um, we're playing for pretty much Senior Day. Obviously, maybe to get to a better bowl, um, but we're already bowling. I'm. Sh- I know these guys aren't satisfied yet, but if I had to lean aside, I'd go Texas. There's potential it could get ugly, but. Yours is, I also said yours is struggling on the road at, at points. Um, and I'll just take the over because their offense can be explosive. Ours can too. Um, last week I took the under and that game went nuts. I actually almost hit that somehow late. It was at like 62 before being fumbled. But yeah, I'd take I Texas in the over. that well. All right, well, can I way, throw out a toss-out before we get out of here? Toss-up? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm, I don't want to skip ahead a week, but would you rather K-State know they're going to the Big 12 title game before our game kicks off with them or them have to win the game? To... I want them to have to win because I want to spoil it. 
So I'm so torn on this, guys. Like it's a true toss-up for me because he just hasn't that, slept in days. That's a that's a risky game to play, Ryan. Like if we win and spoil for them, that's the non-championship greatest Twitter night like of our lifetime. I mean, all the shit we get to talk, all the feelings we get to have. Like you guys had is a that, chance. What are to some go... best non-Twitter, non-championship Twitter times? Like, is that? I mean. We haven't beaten K-State in 15 years. I guess, like, honestly, the comeback against K-State in Manhattan last year yeah, in basketball that was... was, like, an all-time Twitter. So, yeah, See, we did it in football. Them all the time. Like, I mean, yeah. But then, like, the second part of it. They're though, at home with a win to get in. Yeah, and I think that, like, kind of affects their psyche a little bit. Like, there's a lot of pressure on them more than just the rivalry. It's like, we got to go win this game for, like, postseason aspirations as well. But the other side of the coin is if they – they see Texas because Texas plays on Friday um, of that last week. So if they see Texas lose and like from five o'clock at night on Friday, uh, Baylor? Baylor. Yeah. I can't remember where it is, yeah. but they get the rest of Friday and then literally all day Saturday until they show up the facilities at four o'clock, probably get taped up and go warm up. <laughs> so like they have a good 24 hours. To just think, Oh, we're in the championship. Like, we're already thinking to Arlington. Like, we don't have to worry about this. I think they'd get up, but, like, it, I'm would. so back and forth on it, and I just can't I figure just it out. I just think they're so going to be ask. up either way, so yeah. I want to have the opportunity to spoil it because, like you said, it would be – But I think how bad that night would be, and I think we have to start prepping for it, is, like, losing to K-State always sucks, but losing to them while they essentially – I guess not technically. TCU'd have to make it, but they, they have, a, like, a real shot at a sugar bowl – win or lose the big 12 and that would be like don't act like that wouldn't bother you don't know but like k-state to me k-state fumbled a huge opportunity this year with how down the conference kind of is they could be doing what tcu is doing and to me if i'm k-state fan i'm disgusted that but at the end of the day they could have the same season as tcu like if tcu loses one of their next two and k-state goes in Wins yeah, the but... wins the Big Twelve championship and goes to the Sugar Bowl and loses. Like that's what TCU is going to do. Yeah, but TCU. I mean, I don't know. To me, if if you're playing in the Big Twelve championship game and it doesn't get you to the playoff, like what are we even doing? That's why I don't even like. If we win another game, what's going to happen? We what's going to be the bowl difference if we win? Obviously, I want to win every freaking game every week, but I don't even think it matters. I think we're they, going I don't to think Liberty they. Bullet. I don't think they do it that way anymore, where it goes by standings. Ryan wants Memphis. I think we're going to Memphis, boys. I think they just they like I'm pick about it to out. Buy flights. Oh boy. So yeah, that's I know that's why college football is weird. Like four teams make the playoff, and then a lot of people just sit out in bowl games. Yeah. So there's just not a lot of juice behind it. But yeah, I mean, K State last game of the season, I. Th- I personally think they could come out like super loose if they're already Big 12 title bound and just kick the shit out of us. <laughs> like that could be a scenario. That's I'm just saying. They could be loose like in the no, You know what I'm like because yeah, if yeah, they yeah, if they have to beat their biggest rival who has we would have nothing to lose at all at home to Let's get be a honest, Big 12 we, title game. You flip it and you think basketball, we love just kicking the shit out of K-State. Doesn't matter how important the game is, we just our, we'd love to do it and so they love to do that to us so uh will you do a quick less miles impersonation saying who the fuck is k-state will you do that real quick before we sign off i don't know how to do it <laughs> who the fuck is k-state <laughs> what a that? moment what a disaster the same game <laughs> that he f- didn't even know if we won or lost <laughs> <laughs>
against Texas Tech, which people forget that's like this. We had only beat Texas Tech one time in our program's history. Before that, I'm pretty sure, right? We were 21 and two going into Saturday. That's the second time we ever beat Texas Tech. The image of him running on the field, calling time out, looking around. We really hired a coach with dementia. Okay. No. All right. Let's let's end this right now. Um, I'm just pumped, boys, that it's November. We're 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 pumped about basketball and we're pumped <laughs> about football. But uh, the Hawks, what a big win last night! Excited for hoops. Excited for football. Uh, that's it. Thank Still you, everyone, bowling. for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Rock, rock. <laughs>